Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Tis hour number two along the Sports Grid Radio platforms. Series Channel 204. Jumping on KSHP AM 1400 in Las Vegas. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. Tony Neville's going to join us from Treasure Island in just a little bit. As we get the fun started, Stevie, how do you spell Tuesday? Uh, I, I don't know. Oh, T-W-O? Two for Tuesday? Oh, that works. No, B-O-G-O. So buy one, get one. Buy one, get one over at John Smith Subs. I smell Friday. F-R-Y. F-R-Y. That one I got. I'm going to go with T-W-O-S because you get two. Any size sub. Buy one, get one free. Can't beat that. 9701 West Flamingo. Grab yourself some fries. Uh, they were going bonkers last night over at uh, Oasis 4955 South Decatur. The Monday Night Maniacs. The great gaming promotions. Thursday night games. Great place to watch the games. The food's awesome. Kitchen's open 24-7. Fun to get out and about. A lot of cool things going on around the valley as... By the are way, we, are we we there? We're not. We're not there, and there's still many restrictions, and you know all the stuff that's going on. But I mean, you watch the game, Stevie. I mean, stands are packed. Yeah, it is. It's feeling, it's feeling more normal. It but, is. but we're not all the way there. No, I mean, all the way there. Uh, over at Oasis. The uh, the chicken nachos slap shot approved. Oh, they're fantastic. Do you have like a big rubber stamp thing? Yeah, oh, I, I wish I did. Fish sandwich is money. Okay. Very strong. Okay. All right. So hey, I got a, I got a Saban nugget, Nick Saban nugget for you. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. I'm gonna see if you think this means anything. Now this this is straight up, not against the spread. Saban 23 and 0 in at Alabama against former assistant coaches. This Saturday, he takes on Lane Kiffin and Old Miss. Does it mean anything? Is that just an anomaly, or does does that mean he knows what the assistant coaches are going to do with their teams, and he he prepares well, has an answer, and this might be something we can put money. I'm on. not like, you know, prone to like shoot holes at anything Saban has done. I mean, isn't it? I mean, a big part of it. I mean, he gets all the credit because he gets these guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that record. It's not as shocking as maybe some other guy. I mean, it's Alabama, right? All right. How many games has Alabama lost? Not, not since very, Saban's been there. No, not period. Very, not very many. Let alone whether it's against an old coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nonetheless, your points well taken. Yeah. They're laying fourteen and a half. Man. They're playing Ole Miss, and Ole Miss can score. Okay. What do you think? We did a, a guess. I'm, I'm throwing the banana peel at you. I that, apologize. In a minute. No. What do you think the total on this game is? I, I was thinking like 54 and a half. That's probably too low. Take another guess. Six, in the 60s. Take in the 70s. Three more guesses. <laughs> 79 and a half. Oh man. 80. I mean. I know Ole Miss can score. Yeah. I mean, Alabama's got NFL defenders. I I, I want to go under on that number, and and I'll, and I'll probably lose. But, you know, the funny thing I will tell you is, when you see a total like that, I'll never forget. 
when you see it, it's like an NBA total. When you see 243, and you're like, what? Yeah. And you know what? I look at it, I go, play the over. I mean, when they hang something like that, they're telling you something. The numbers, sometimes the number tells you. Yeah. It was a game like that. And, and like totals are so bananas now. I think it was something nutty. It was Oregon State. I remember that. It was Oregon State. And I think they were, part of me says it was Hawaii. And the total in the game was 77 and a half. And I'll never forget, I was, over, I was watching the first half at a bar, had some chicken wings and watching it. It's like nothing, nothing after one. Then it was like three, nothing, you know, three minutes into the second so, quarter. Okay. Flew over. Wow. Wow. Well, touching, 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 touching. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was nuts. No, that reminds me of the, of, of the Seattle Oakland game last night. No, no one now will ever know that Oakland was up three, nothing in that game. And they got destroyed 14 to four. Um, that I, I'm in that story. <laughs> the most impressive thing: you didn't know who Oregon State was playing, but you know you had chicken wings. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> well, if, I, if I'm at a yeah, yeah. It was back. It was back. I when I moved here, I was commuting. Okay. Believe that? Yeah, I do. I re, I know the story. Well, I'm commuting back and forth like every two and a half, three weeks, back and forth to Buffalo. My right. wife's still there. Mm-hmm. Round trip. Hundred nine bucks. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. No. Wow. Take I, a wild guess how much it costs well, now. Well, I, I just I know that for me to go one way to Oregon is like eighty nine. So. Yeah. Now I mean now you're doing a cartwheel if you get it under four, and that's booking it way in advance. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's more like five hundred. All right, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Tony Neville, T.I., the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar is unbelievable. He's going to join us. We're coming right back. Chris Bavone is our producer back in New York. Brian Blessing with Stevie Slapshot. Glad to be with you on a Tuesday. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back with your Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing and Stevie Slapshot. Love and Life Series 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. From the KSHP Studios in Las Vegas. Most Tuesdays, we have the very good fortune of seeing our pal Tony Neville in studio. Hey, the busy guy, man. Some things come up. He's still with us. We just don't get to see him today, but we get to chat with him, and that's all that matters. How you doing, Tony? Doing great, Brian. How's Stevie doing? Is he okay, too? I'm yeah, fine. You're not missing anything. <laughs> <laughs> I showered today. Shirt's, shirt is apparently clean. That's great. That's two things. The body and the shirt. Look at that. Yeah. George Carlin, right? They, our armpits, the nether regions, and you're on your way. <laughs> How was the weekend? Actually, uh, Saturday was decent. 
Sunday was decent, but it was uh, just like the week before. You come Monday night, and the punters are all on the right side. Dallas Cowboys, Dallas Cowgirls were all standing in line cashing tickets last night, and once the over hit, it was a bonus plan. So we got uh, boned right out of a lot of cash there, but that's okay. It was a lot of fun. It was a great Great game for the Cowboys, and uh, it looked like it was bird hunting season down in Texas, the way they shot those eagles down. Yeah, pull. (laughs) We were talking in the first hour uh, for the folks here in Vegas. Um, It could have been worse. McCarthy doesn't take timeouts at the end of the first half. They could have put up more. I mean, their offense looks very efficient, Tony. With a running game, Dallas looks good. Are you sure about that, or is it Philly looks so weak? A combo card. I think, I I think, that, I think that. No, I think Dallas, Dallas, Dallas looks looks really solid. And Prescott, any questions I think have been answered in terms of his health coming back. But it, but if they get – and last night it was kind of a two-headed monster. I mean, Prescott was really efficient. He only threw for 238. But when you've got Elliott and Pollard getting chunk yards on the ground, I mean, that helps any quarterback. And their defense actually looks a little better. But I, I'm with you that a lot of that were self-inflicted wounds by the Eagles. Yeah, I, uh, I think this weekend for them to have back-to-back home games is great. And, of course, for the, for the, uh, the guy that carries the load for Carolina being on the, the sideline, it looks like Dallas has got it made. They had Philly this last week, Carolina. And then they have the pathetic New York Giants. Then they go on the road to New England. So nothing Man, burger. That next, that next week after that, when they go on the road to Minnesota, uh, we'll find out exactly uh, what Dallas has. I, I don't look for them to have much trouble with Carolina, the Giants, or the uh, New England Patriots. But, you know, this first four weeks is the second four weeks of preseason, and we'll have to let uh, – time be the uh, truth uh, serum for all of us. Yeah, no, but we were talking about that in the first hour. I mean, it is a very favorable schedule for Dallas in a division they clearly appear to have far superior talent. So, I mean, it's looking good for Dallas at the moment. I got to I wanted to start with that, but we wanted to get to this for you very quickly, my friend. You got to be walking on air Arkansas gets the win over Texas A&M, and here you are, Georgia's a 19-point favorite at home against the Razorbacks. What do you make it at? I don't know. Are they betting some Confederate money with these other bookmakers, or is this legit? Uh, I looked at that, and of course, I think that game opened uh, Sunday night at uh, Georgia minus 16 and a half. We were looking at the rankings today. Two versus eight. Had, Two versus well, eight. It's a 19-point spread. Well, I, they only had Georgia as four, getting four first-place votes and Alabama getting about 56. And according to my rankings, Georgia and Alabama, Georgia may be a nod better than Alabama from what I'm looking at. And knowing that, I'm not so sure that uh, taking the little pigs plus the points – you know, I found out today my insider back home called me and said both the uh, wide receiver, they got dinged up at the end of the game when they snapped the ball to him when he was trying to get past the quarterback. And the quarterback, who got thrown out of bounds like a rag doll, looked like he'd either strained his knee or might have torn a meniscus. 
that both of them are going to be 100% come Saturday. So I don't think that Georgia – I don't think that Georgia will be able to stop them. I mean, I think we're going to get on the board, and if we score 10, throw that onto 18 or 19 points, and that means Georgia's going to have to score a lot. Arkansas D.C. looked pretty darn good, gentlemen. Yeah, I mean – I don't know what to make of that first game against Clemson where both of those offense were, offenses were very pedestrian. Tell me about Arkansas's D. Well, Arkansas's D's played pretty darn good. I mean, they were an underdog, you know, to Texas. They made them look bad. I, I don't know how much of the A&M game. I mean, A&M looked like they were about a half second behind Arkansas on both sides of the ball. The deal with Arkansas is I think – Believe it or not, we've finally recruited speed. And there's one thing you can't coach is speed, and Arkansas tends to have uh, a big dose of that on both sides of the ball. So one thing I have noticed, uh, you know, it's been a long time since Arkansas has been the top of anything like 1986, which was probably a conference champion or a division champion. But this Arkansas team looks like when I was going to school, they used to call them, besides the little pigs, they used to call them uh, red ants because every time they went after the ball, there was always three, four, or five people making the, the uh, tackle. And that seems to be the mindset at this time is we're not going to have one-on-one tackling. We're going to have three-on-one tackling. And I think that shows a lot about what kind of shape these kids are in. So it's great to see a team that's been lacking for a long time be able to turn it around, and we couldn't be more happy with our new coach, who just happens to have come to us from Georgia. By the way, you got to you know, I don't say you have to love them. A lot of people despise them, but you got to admire the SEC. And for Arkansas, you get a win over number seven, uh, yeah, A&M. Then you play at number two, Georgia. Then you're at number 12, Mississippi. Then you're hosting number 22, Auburn. And down the road, you close out the season at LSU and wrap it up with Bama. I mean, you got to be loving life because, I mean, you're watching big boy football every week and you're relevant. Yeah, and you know what? I needed to ask Steve while we have him here on the line. Steve, do you happen to know what the acronym WPS stands for? WPF? I do. S W P S is in Sam. Well, I I, I got a guess. Let's you, let's no, you, have a guess. You guess. Nothing's coming to me. Go ahead, Brian. You know it. Well, it's got to be win, play, show. Absolutely not. It's woo his suey. W P S. Acronym for the state of Arkansas. I always remember uh, Johnny Cash throwing that suey call into. But wait a minute. My answer, it was like the Cheers episode. Remember when Cliff Clavin was on Jeopardy? You yeah, remember? I remember and the episode. He, he rattles through. He gets every question right. You know, he was like the Holtz Hour guy. He's got like $40,000. It comes to the final Jeopardy question. And he doesn't know the answer. And, and he, his answer was someone who's never been in my kitchen. That was his, and, but he goes, it's right. He's never been, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. so my win play show was right. I mean, it, te- technically, WPS is win play show. Yes, I guess you're right there in the racing side of the venue, but not in the state of Arkansas at this time. Oh, uh, the brisket's got to be flying there, man. They got to be going nuts. Oh man, and how about how much beer? I don't even know if they got enough beer to get to Arkansas. 
before this weekend's game. The celebration's been so good after the last one. Tony Neville from Treasure Island, the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Sports Bar, kind enough to join us here. And if you come in from out of town, we always remind you, you want to get yourself a mobile app. It's the book at your fingertips, the STN mobile app, station casinos, up to a $500 sign-up bonus. College football, NFL, baseball, a lot more to come with Tony Neville on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Keep it right here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Vegas Sportsbook Radio back with you. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot, our bud, Tony Neville, Treasure Island, the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Sports Bar. If you're coming into Vegas, you'll have a ball down at TI. Stay there. Go down. See Tony. He will hook you up. Tell him you heard it here on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. You're going to love the book. It's a great atmosphere, and the food is awesome. It's a really, really cool place. But I'm curious, with baseball and the pennant races starting to really get wild here, are we getting a little spike in the baseball handle again, or have people completely turned the page? Uh, You know, for the most part over here, the people have turned the page. Everybody's got a darn good idea who's going to be in to the playoffs, there's still a couple of wild card spots that are left, but people are ready for uh, what we call that October season, which is the playoffs and the World Series. So uh, we're expecting great nights during the middle of the week, as opposed to just having football, you know, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, with a little bit on Monday night. But we're really expecting. Uh, great crowds because, you know, when you get down to the baseball, this is the best of the pitching, the best of the bullpen, and the heaviest of hitters. So we're extremely excited over here at the Golden Circle, Brian. Buddy, we asked you last week leading in, give us the report. How big a gong show was it on the weekend? You had the Raiders game. You had the NASCAR race. And the Golden Knights, you had a preseason hockey game. How nutty was the strip on Sunday? Well, it was it was busy all weekend long. Now, we start to get busy on Thursday, but Friday night, we have a late-arriving crowd Saturday morning. You know, most of them go to bed about 2, 3, or 4 in the morning. They get five or six hours. They're usually out of bed 10, 30, or 11, and they come on down. So it's great that that, that start around 11, 30, 11, 12 o'clock on the college football games, and then it goes nonstop all night. Now, the uh, – the, the car race, NASCAR, Denny Hamlin, uh, that worked out okay for us. The Raiders was nothing but a uh, big uh, exodus of dollars from Phil Ruffin's pockets to the to the pockets of our Raider fans here locally and from out of town. And we had a whole bunch of folks in here from the Bay Area. Most of them had tickets, but uh, great football all day Sunday. And then uh, we didn't have nearly as much excitement about the Golden Knights, as we would have expected. No, that's, that, that, there were, that's a locals thing. I mean, a preseason game. Exactly. No, no, nobody's coming in from out of town for a preseason game. 
but we're really expecting from the start of the season, I think the first two weeks or three weeks is going to be kind of a wait-and-see attitude to see how this team and its chemistry come out. I think the fans will be packing T-Mobile, but I think the betting group is going to be a little slow starting off, but if they get onto a good run, trust me, uh, the month of November will probably be bad, bad news at the T.I., uh, for Mr. R with those green bucks, you know, flipping out of the wallet and into the hands of our loyal uh, associates and guests here. The Ryder Cup, Tony, was that a was that a sore subject for you on a Tuesday morning? Probably, if anyone's wagering on that, they're wagering American, right? Yeah, that was. But it, it, you know, it's one of those things. Again, if you're a real hard hard nosed golf kind of guy, there was a lot of interest. Now we had it up on big screens here in the book and over in the bar, we had a lot of interest, but the wagering was a little slower than than if it would be the Masters or the U.S. Open, PGA, something like that. And I was kind of surprised, but uh, that was just the way it, it shook out over here. Now, it could have been completely I, different. I think that that's the nature of the beast with that, Tony, uh, in that, first of all, it was a boat race. So Sunday was real anticlimactic. It was just a matter of who, when, how. Uh, and then individual matches, great. The problem, I think, from the big handle perspective as opposed to a regular golf tournament, you get the early matches, but you really only get about a half an hour, 45-minute window max to bet on the afternoon matches before they name who the participants are. Well, so that's part of it. And then it's in football season, where, whereas the Masters right. and, and British Open are not. Yeah, well, yeah, you're exactly right. On Saturday, you're knee-deep in a heavy menu of college games. Well, why don't we just take our hat off right now and celebrate the people from Wisconsin that supported this great event and talk about the camaraderie and the patriotism with everybody singing the national anthem prior to the first tee-off at sunrise out there and talk about how great it was to see our fans just as enthusiastic as when we play across the pond over in Europe. And uh, I was so excited for our American kids because this was a youthful experience. You nailed it. yet everybody showed the class that you expect at a golf tournament. Cam Stewart and I were on the phone having a chat this morning. Cammy's going to join us tomorrow. I got news for you. Maybe it's just the way it goes, and it's a cyclical thing for teams to go on long-winded runs. But Tony Finau, before the Ryder Cup, said, hey, this team has no scar tissue. We're young. You know, he wasn't specifically doing it, but he basically was throwing Tiger Woods, Mickelson, Furyk, guys like that under the bus because they just never came through in the Ryder Cup. And now, if you watch the European team, John Rahm's a monster, but that team is long in the tooth. And this is a young and obviously good experience, kind of a close-knit group. Can they pull it off and do it two years from now when they go over to Rome? I think the answer is most assuredly yes. But I can see the Americans going on a 3-4 Ryder Cup winning streak with youthful golfers with positive experience in their prime, Tony. Oh, exactly. Because, you know, for so many of those other golfers that you mentioned, this might be a little more anticlimactic to them not having the individual orders it. Uh, honors, and it may be just tough for them to get into that T 
team concept where these young kids, they're coming out of college. They're used to the team. They're used to playing uh, off the pro circuit and working their way on. So for them, there's a whole lot of upside to going out there and winning the Ryder Cup that maybe some of the guys longer in the tooth just didn't quite have that youthful exuberance that we experienced this past weekend. Not huge marquee events, but we do get back on the beam from a golf perspective. We get a handful of tournaments before they actually take some time off. Then there's the made-for-TV nonsense. But you get the Sanderson Farms this week. Then they're playing here in Vegas at TPC Summerlin next week. And these are actually 2022 FedEx Cup points events. And since they've done that, it actually really enhances and upgrades the field, the quality of the field for both of these events. But we get back to actual golf tournaments this week. You know, I haven't heard from the people out at TPC Summerlin yet uh, what's going to be the situation this post-COVID, whether or not uh, how many people can actually get out there on the course. But I, I just know that from even 10, 15 years ago, that this has always been something that has been developed from its infancy here in the Las Vegas Valley to where now it's it's one of those tournaments that's on the schedule that people look forward to watching. Mainly, for me, it's because of the great scores that they throw up. And I don't know how they've mastered that course so well, but it, aren't most of the winners somewhere in that 1800 to 2600 uh, yeah, over the four days. Yeah, it's like in the mid 20s. And, and honestly, I to me, I'm I'm the other way. I, I played that course a boatload of times, and I get my head ripped off. And you know that you have some good holes and some bad holes, but the average golfer, you realize how good they are because they're tri- triple tiered greens, and. They're so precise with their distance. The problem for me with the tournament in Vegas is it's a putting tournament because their distance control is all so good. They're all on the proper proper level. And I don't know. There's no – I'm going. I'm going to go – already made plans. going to run over on Saturday. But it's like a, a birdie should be something exciting. In, in Vegas, it's expected. Grow the rough. Put it in tough pins. Make them work for it. Yeah, well, you know what uh... – all I know is they make me work for it. I'm fortunate enough to get to go out there twice a year as a guest, and it seems like I'm somewhere in that 30 to 40 over par range. So I, my hat's off to these guys. If they can control those clubs the way they do, I don't know if it's the light air that we have here with the low amount of humidity, but it just seems like they're in a zone every time they uh, hit TPC. And, and you know what? If there's any young golfers out there listening, let me tell you, they have some club pros out there that can help elevate your game. So yep. if you're looking for some guidance and some help out there, whether it's with the uh, driver or with the short irons, uh, be sure to make yourself an appointment with one of the pros. I think that visit will uh, be well worth your time. A quick little story. All right, I got a minute. A couple of years ago, skinny Bryson DeChambeau, pre <laughs> the explosion. A uh, buddy of mine lives on the course, so we go over there. And we're the only guys on the one side of uh, the, the green. We're in, he drove the seventh green three times in that tournament. Anyway, the one day he hit a wedge, and he's having a bad round, and we're standing, and we're the only ones on that side of the green. And the smallish galleries on the other side. 
And here comes the shamble walking up the hill. We were standing like 15 feet from the green, hit it right over the flag, and he's cursing himself out. He's in a rotten mood uh, because he's having a bad round. And all of a sudden, he comes walking up, and the ball's about 25 feet left of the hole. And he's looking for the ball mark. He looks at me. He goes, where'd that hit? And I didn't, I didn't have the nerve to tell him. He goes, about two and a half feet behind the hole. He looks. He sees the ball mark. It had spun 25 feet away. Oh, he's fuming. And he misses the putt. Troy Merritt makes a great up and down. And I be, hey, great up and down. He goes, hey, thanks. DeShambles like ready to put a wedge in Troy Merritt's skull. It's great when you can get up close and watch these guys. It's great when Tony Neville's on board. Coming right back to Vegas. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. with your Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot, Tony Neville from Treasure Islands with us. Want to dive back into the NFL, get a little power ratings chat with Tony, what he thinks. But, you know, just like we were talking about McCarthy not calling the timeouts or Gruden squandering his timeouts, you know, that ability to look ahead, that's what we do in Vegas, right? And we're always in look-ahead mode, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm like, dummy, I'm coming back in here for the com- uh, after the commercial, I'm like, wait a minute, Jake Cornegay, I know, over at the Super Bowl, they've got to have it up. The advanced wagering line for next week? I'm telling you, Tony, if you're talking about your Razorbacks and how excited you are, now I'm not putting the carpet for horse and the Raiders and the Broncos are 3-0. and uh, The Bills are 2-1. and The Chiefs have lost two in a row. And I'm just saying, it's only week five. Uh, the the Bills aren't losing to the Texans. I don't see that happening. It, next week, if the Bills beat Houston, or beat, I'm sorry, if the Bills beat Kansas City in Kansas City, and they could go in there and get torched, but if the Bills were to beat them, they are on the fast track, absolutely would have home field advantage over the Chiefs, but there's a real chance that game in week five, could be for home field advantage throughout the course of the playoffs. And that's in week five. Buffalo would have a three-game lead over Kansas City because all of Kansas City's losses would be in conference, and Buffalo would have the head-to-head. The advanced line, the Chiefs are four-point favorites. The total's 56-and-a-half. It's early on in the season, Tony, but you know we always have those weeks or those games where you're going to look back in December and go, that was the one that did it. Well, I tell you what, Jay may be right, but boy, on my power rankings, I got they got the wrong team favored. Uh, I've got the Bills by about a point and a half over the Chefs, and I tell you <laughs> what, your your Bills already lost one home game, and there's uh, simply uh, no possibility, as I can look at it, and think that they're going to lose to the Texans at home this weekend. Whereas uh, when you go down there and you, and you start to look at the Chiefs this weekend, you sit there and say, well, I don't think the Eagles are going to stand a chance. At no. And, 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 I, hey, and, I'm, and believe me, I mean, there's so much injuries and whatever. And I'm not discounting. Great. The, the Raiders 3-0. and 
it's an incredible start for them. Denver just lost another wide receiver. That's a nice start for them. How sustainable is it? I'm not discounting Cleveland. I'm not discounting Baltimore. But I think eyeball-wise, what you're saying power ratings-wise, I still think the two teams in the AFC are the Bills and the Chiefs, and it's only week five. That game's going to determine a lot. And home field could be the difference in the championship game, or if they meet in whatever round. That's absolutely true, but the thing you got to worry about, can the Bills bring their defense on the road? Because we've shown that the Kansas City Chiefs can't seem to stop the running play, and I just don't know where the Bills are with their running backs, whether they can penetrate that defense and, and really wear out the Kansas City defensive line. Because by the time you get to the third and fourth quarter, Man, it looks like Swiss cheese up there in Kansas City, and it ain't going on any barbecue. It's on the football field. It's amazing. I mean, and you know how good they are and the weapons they have. Um, They'll be perfectly fine. But know this, home field has really helped their cause with their to win a Super Bowl and to get back to one. I mean, home home field's nothing to sneeze at. Statement game in Buffalo when they travel down to Missouri to play the Chiefs. But uh, they're going to have to bring the A game all the way around because Kansas City's just got so many weapons, and they've got speed. And we'll have to see if Buffalo can deal with the kind of speed uh, down in Kansas City. And I think they can. I just don't know. You know, they'll have to make a statement. Yeah. And that's a big one for that quarterback. All right, so – Last week we said the wrong team was favored. You're talking about you think maybe the wrong team's favored there. I don't know about that. Maybe it's a little well, high. But but I would say this. Like last week, New Orleans catching three at New England was, I don't know, I, I have no idea what that was all about. What other like numbers, market numbers, Tony, that are up there? And you're listen, you're trying to massage this. You want two-way action. You're managing money. But you, your power ratings, your eyeballs, you're looking at some of these numbers. Where do you think there are some skewed opinions on certain teams in the NFL? Well, it's probably my opinion that's the most skewed because a lot of the ga- these games are spot on. Uh, and, and, and I'm talking, you know, the Titans look like that number spot on at about eight. Now, I look at that uh, game that we have up there, the Cleveland Browns. I got it two and a half. The rest of the world's got it at two. I've got the Browns. The power ranking wise, about four points better than the Vikings. Vikings played extremely well the second half of the game this last week, but again, I think this Browns team's for real, and I don't know if they're getting enough respect. Let me ask you real, I, real quick on the Browns, and I'm just curious: running backs, wide receivers, not so much in terms of you know an individual guy having an impact on the wagering line, but it is such a passing league now. I think. Quality guys are much more impactful than maybe they'd been in the past. And a lot of questions were answered last week. Odell Beckham came back to the Browns, Tony, and he looked pretty good. And they've already got the stout running game. Yeah, you know, they're also missing, uh, I think, Jarvis Landry. Right, he'll be back. Yeah, a few weeks. But, I mean, Beckham's return, um, Dan, don't sleep on Cleveland, not that anybody's been. Right, right, right. But, again, another statement game, and they have to go out there and prove that they can win. It's a non-conference game, and the Browns are capable, but the Vikings, this is a big game for them. 
they need this work game worse than you can imagine. Uh, another game I'm looking at that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, you the Colts and, and and Miami. Bingo. Now I've got the Colts about a one point favorite, but yet when you look at the number out there, it's anywhere from one all the way up to two. Maybe go as high as two and a half, and I, I was not impressed with the Dolphin team. Nope, I I could completely concur with that one. Uh, Indianapolis. Indianapolis should have beat the Rams. They should have. Wentz is playing on two bad ankles, and they had a horrible game plan against Tennessee, but they were right there. And, yeah, Miami's kind of, you know, they took the Raiders to the mat. But I'm with you. I think the wrong team's favored there. How about this one? The New York Giants traveling to the Dome to take on the Saints, where our young man, uh, you know, the crab man, at quarterback. Uh, the Crab Man. <laughs> that's his nickname, the Crab Man. Anyway, the Saints quarterback played really good this last week. I've got the Saints 10 points over the Giants, and I got the game 8.5, and I can see it as low as 7.5 in some other uh, locations let me, nationwide. Let me throw one at you. I go to 9.5. Oh, I think that number will steam, and I'm telling you, again, you know, we're talking sports wrapped around things that happen. But this Saints team's been on the road for a month. Okay. Remember the Saints game when they played after Katrina? Now they're home first time after the Hurricane Ida, and these fans are looking for something positive. And, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, that is just, that's an awful spot for the Giants, I would think. And Jameis played great that one game in the Dome. What did he throw? Almost 300 yards in passing? And, I mean, he played within himself, and I think the coach knows how to put that, uh, you know, that bridle on him and, and, and rate him to stay within himself instead of trying well, to do too much. I mean, just, just, I mean I, just again, I mean, those were neutral fields. This is, this is true. This is their first game at the Superdome. Right, I mean, they've oh, been. That's right, because they played. They've been. They played in Jacksonville. I mean, I'm just saying, first game. It's the first time these guys have finally made it home, and it's the first game in front of their fans. I mean, to me, that's worth two and a half, three points. Okay, well, here's another game for you. Let's throw this one out there. How about the Sea Chickens at the 49ers? I saw a poor Garoppolo decision making thrown into triple coverage multiple times this last weekend, and my power rankings have the Seahawks one point better than the 49ers. That game's anywhere from two all the way up to three. And I don't see how that is the way it is. And with as many people as we have come to the TI from the Seattle area, I got to think we're going to have a lot of folks taking the Seahawks plus the points this weekend. I I was disillusioned with the 49ers. I thought that they did not look good at all. And I don't know, Tony. I was going to ask you about NFC West, but in that game in particular, Seattle to me, the the defense not nearly what it was at one time. I'm, I'm wondering how Wilson and um, and the coach are getting along up there in Seattle. And then San Francisco coming off the loss, I, I think we see a better game from them. But they do have a lot of injuries in the defensive backfield and at running back. And at some point, I think those Knicks are going to catch up with the 49ers. Um, the, the, the Rams are, are, have played pretty well. 
Um, so I, I feel pretty good about them. Arizona, it's this aerial circus and these gimmicky offenses. I, I just don't think that's sustainable in the NFL, and their, and their defense is a question mark. But Arizona's interesting, though, Steve. Yeah? Edmonds can run it a little bit. What do you make of – I think it's a very fair question he asked, Tony. What do you make of Arizona? Uh, I'm kind of with Stevie on that. I, I think it's kind of gimmicky. Uh, the, the coach has done well with the quarterback. Uh, isn't that Clint Kingsbury, the coach down there? Yeah. Cliff Kingsbury? Yes. So, anyway, I, I just I, I just don't think they're upper tier yet. Right now, if, if you uh, have those yellow horns wrapped around the side of your head, and you look like a bighorn sheep, I think you're going to be in the playoffs and can go a long way. This new quarterback looks like a perfect fit. But I'm excited because down there in Arizona, they're going to be happy to see a lot of points up on the scoreboard. But my power rankings have the Rams in that game as a five-point favorite. We're currently using five-and-a-half because I think we're going to get more Ram money this weekend than we're going to get Cardinal money. There's so much love for the Rams, and I'm not knocking anything they do. Part of this, I think, though, is new guy Stafford comes in, okay, working with the weapons, and they're doing really well. I'd be a little curious as time goes on and defensive corners get game tape on them. I think they're a really good football team. I think people are anointing them something like phenomenal, and I don't – I, I don't know. I think I think there's too much love for these guys. I think they're very good, but people are acting like uh, you know they're on the fast track to the Super Bowl. I'm not sure about that. Well, I tell you one thing that I'm seeing right now: we're just so lucky to have that late game being Tampa and New England, just because of the quarterback going back and seeing his coach. But for me, Monday Night Football with the Raiders going against the Los Angeles Chargers. That is for who's going to be at the top of this Western division in the AFC. And uh, my power rankings only have the Chargers by a point. But let me tell you, I watched that Charger quarterback this weekend. Uh He's well within himself. Uh, Eckler is well within himself as a running back. He may not get you 150 yards, but he'll get you between 60 to 100. And then that Charger wide receivers, they're for real, Williams and company. Yep. Keenan Allen, you betcha. Hey, Tony Neville, Golden Circle Sportsbook Sports Bar. If you're coming in from out of town, consider staying at the TI. If you're on the strip, swing by, check out the food, the drink, the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Sports Bar, and say hi to our good bud, Tony Neville. Always a pleasure, bud. Go Pig Suey, man. We're rooting for you. Woo, Pig Suey, and go Steve, and go Brian. See you next week. (laughs) The man, Tony Neville from TI. We're coming back to put a lid on it. Scott Farrell coming up top of the hour on the Network Vegas Hockey Hotline locally with Dave Sheen from the Arch. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Scott Farrell's coming up top of the hour on the network. Vegas Hockey Island, Dave Shane from the RJ Golden Knights preseason game day. So we got you covered, KSHP.com. By the way, talk to our friends over at Terribles. Don't forget the $1,000 Raiders game day giveaway at Terribles. The VGK goodies, they're coming back. That new promotion will be announcing shortly. What do you got on the injury, Stevie? I just found out in uh, college football, Kansas State quarterback Skyler Thompson uh, with that knee injury, unlikely to return uh, this Saturday versus number 6 Oklahoma. Uh, back to the NFL for Las Vegas. Running back Jalen Richard with a foot injury who has been on the IR be- since before the season started is expected to practice this week, and that would make him uh, questionable for Monday's game against the Chargers, as is uh, Josh Jacobs with the ankle injury uh, for the Raiders. In- Don't forget the turf toe thing, too. Uh, right. In uh, Speaking of turf toe in Tampa Bay, uh, wide receiver Scotty Miller has turf toe and is out indefinitely. Other wide receivers for the uh, Buccaneers, Antonio Brown uh, with COVID, missed the game last week. He's questionable for this week, as is uh, Jaden Mickens, more of a kick returner, but also a wide receiver. Abdomen injury, uh, missed the last game, and uh, questionable this week against New England. By the way, real quick on the uh, Antonio Brown one, Mm -hmm. that really impacted Tampa Bay last week because Jalen Ramsey was all over the field. You throw Antonio Brown out there. That diminishes. I mean, Ramsey's a great player. Correct. But he. That's going to occupy him. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, For the Los Angeles Rams, running back Daryl Henderson with a rib injury. Sean McVay is hopeful that Henderson will be available this Sunday versus Arizona. By the way, also for Tampa Bay, running back Giovanni Bernard, knee sprain, injured last game, questionable Sunday versus the Patriots. You're a busy, busy man in in the injury wars. It's a war out there on the field, Brian. Guys get nicked up. Follow my dear friend at Stevie Slabshot. And if you care to, you can follow me. I'm not as creative as him. <laughs> at Brian Blessing. We'll do it again tomorrow. Cam Stewart's going to join us. Mark Lawrence will join us from PlaybookSports.com. We'll be at the Superbook Thursday. Jay Cornegay rolling out the red carpet for us. Uh, Andy Isco, Chris Wynn will be there. Have a great day, everybody. We'll play back again tomorrow.